Welcome to the Vine Time with Melanie Bolvik. Today's guest is Robbie Fox of Dublin, Ireland. Welcome. Hey, Melanie. Good to see you again. Good to see you. <laughs> you're not calling from Dublin, though. You're calling from Greystones, correct? Greystones, which is yeah. not far from Dublin, to yeah. be fair. Yeah. South side of Dublin. So we yeah. know each other because I used to work for you. You did many, ago. many moons ago in yeah. another life. Long time ago at Santa Zoe's in, in Dublin. And so talk to me about your your career and it's kind of funny that I, I think it's a good place to start at Tanta Zoe's. Right. Um, well, I, I originally when I worked for somebody else before I worked for myself, mm -hmm. um, it, I opened the Pink Elephant, which was or became a very famous nightclub in right. the city. And that was 1980 or thereabouts. Right. Um, I, I, I ran that for about I don't five six years maybe mm -hmm. and then I I opened my own business which ironically was an American Tex-Mex restaurant called Judge Rye Beans um, oh, okay. yeah named after the famous hanging judge mm -hmm. and uh, yeah I mean uh, you know it, it, like people in Ireland had never heard of a an enchilada or a burrito or nachos mm -hmm. and I introduced them to it and uh that was that was a big deal. Like it was yeah. a really big deal. I remember hearing about it. Yeah. And because of my association with the club, almost overnight, a lot of the so-called celebrities frequented the restaurant right away. Nice. So it was it was an instant success. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, as a matter of fact, it was too big a success. We found it hard to cope with it, you know, right. because it was overnight and we, we just weren't ready for it. But it was great. I mean, I can't complain. Mm -hmm. So I had partners in there. And uh, that was 1987 we opened. And then within two and a half, three years, the partnership kind of fell apart. And I went my own way. And that's when I opened Tanta Zoe's, okay. which was another American style restaurant, Asian Creole. Yeah. Um, and Tanta Zoe's. And, and both of those had come out of a visit I had had to the States. And I stayed with some friends of mine in Kansas and um, Kansas City, Missouri, that is. Oh, OK. And yeah, wow. and I, 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 that's where I first came across the Tex-Mex restaurant. Right. It was called Dos Hombres. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was blown away by how popular it was, how good it was. Mm -hmm. First time I was ever introduced to a frozen margarita. So, right. I mean, that, that was it. And I fell in love. <clears throat> and then uh, on that same trip, I'd come across Cajun food. And even though I thought that they, 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 the Tex-Mex sort of format was a better, you know, financially better and easier to sell in Dublin. I, yeah. I had a great love for the for, for the, the, the Creole food, the mm -hmm. Cajun food. So when I left Judge uh, Rabin's, I said, OK, let's let's go after the Cajun thing. And we, and, and great. Um, Temple Bar was just beginning. Right. And it was supposed to be, which unfortunately it didn't turn out to be, but it was supposed to be like a cultural quarter, not unlike the French quarter in in in, in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And I just said, well, wow, this would be perfect for an unusual new cuisine. Right. And we tried to style it a bit like, you know, it was a bit New Orleans-y with fans and white, you know, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah, I mean, the building and, was great. And it was a huge success. I mean, it was unbelievable. And like we ended up, we, we went in on one floor, we ended up taking two other floors 
yeah. the basement and the Dublin floor. And I think when when everybody was seated, I think we had 140 seaters, which yeah. we used to turn over a couple of times on a Friday and Saturday night. Sure. So it was it was a it was a major success. And I loved I loved my time there. It was a great restaurant. A really good restaurant and, and, and great family. Celebrities the staff were a great family, yeah. Yeah, we had, uh, I think Kate Moss came in and Kira Knightley. and Oh, yeah, just about everybody. Yeah, that was good. yeah. No, it, that, 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 a lot of people to this day talk about that, where they had their first meal together, where they got engaged together. And they, like, even after 10 or 15, we had that restaurant for 21 years. Mm -hmm. And right up to the last year we were there with people coming back saying, oh, we got engaged here. Now our children are 20. You know what I mean? And it, it was incredible. Oh, yeah. Uh, Very consistent food. And, and that's something, you know, being in the restaurant bar business forever, you know, you, that consistency. And it really came down to Linda, I think, really. I don't know if Linda was there the whole time. But, you know, well, it was an, it was accumulation of a couple of things. Yeah. I mean, I, I and through any business, any restaurant I've ever had. Mm -hmm. And this is not a very popular thing to say in the business, but I tried not to give all the control to the chef. Right. So I would say because, you know, chefs then hold you to ransom. So I would say, OK, this is the way we do black and chicken. And I don't care what chef right. does it. This is the way yeah. we do it. So that was where the consistency came from. Mm -hmm. Like, I think over the 21 years, we probably had four, maybe five head chefs, mm -hmm. but the black and chicken remained the same. Right. So, and the gumbo. so that yeah. was the secret, if yeah. you know what I mean. And gumbo is a nightmare because you have to you have to stir the oil and, the, you know, you have well, to make the you know, roux. It's a bit of everything. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the hardest thing to get right. Right. But but, but I always, the reason I, I, I use the black and chicken as, as the sample is because people for miles come for the black and chicken. Right. Like I used to have people coming on the train from Cork right. and they just came to double for black and chicken. Right. You know, so it was it was incredible. And and uh, I have great memories of that play. I got engaged in in in, in yeah. the uh, in the restaurant on Christmas Eve. Yeah, oh that's right, right, right. Yeah. I used to work Christmas Eve, remember? Oh, I know, wow. I didn't mind because you know it, with kids their build up of Christmas Eve is just too much to bear. <laughs> so I well, get to the sleep. My daughter, Megan, who's now, um, you know, I think this year there might be an engagement. Oh, but uh, yeah, and I was telling her about how we got engaged. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> it was quite funny because on Christmas Eve, the morning, and it was, it was it's always busy for lunch. But on the morning, I secretly went to meet Martina's dad to get his blessing, you know. Okay. But we ended up drinking, you know, six brand, six large brandies you know so to yeah and then i went back to the restaurant right and when i went back there martina wasn't she wasn't speaking to me because she just had a really busy lunch right. i was missing an action mm -hmm. and it was like three o'clock but she was sitting down having a drink with two friends of hers and i sat down and i was i, I just kept saying to the girls you better go you better go i remember seeing martina says, was stop being rude we're having a drink so she went up to the loo and i said the two girls Get out of here. I have a, I have a ring burning in my pocket here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as she came back down, they were gone out the door. Yeah. And she thought, she thought, wow, what did you say? Yeah. And then I, then I did the, I did the deed, you know. You did the thing. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. It's such beautiful memories, I have to say. Um, but, you know, lots of people walking through those doors. So you were at, before Tantas always, when did Reynards happen? Well, Reynards, I mentioned Pink Elephant there. That was the same premises. Right. When I left, when, when, when I mean, I started making money then, good money in Tata Zoe's. Mm -hmm. And the opportunity then went, came to go back into 
the pink elephant because it was failing miserably. And the guy that owned it, um, well, actually, sorry, when I was in Tandis always, I then opened Lily's Bordello right. for another friend of mine. And that became a huge success. The, the, right. the, the nightclub. Is it still there? And or did it just It's close? gone. It's it gone. just closed, yeah. I was and, there before it closed. Yeah, I know. That was a huge success. But uh, but unfortunately, I only, I only had a very small piece of that. So I wanted my own club. So I was in Lily's for about a year. And then the opportunity came to be involved in Reinhardt's. Okay. Sorry, the Pink Elephant at the time. Sure. So I got involved in that. I got, I, I think I owned a third of it at the time when I got involved. And then over time, I bought the, the other two guys out of it. So now it was mine. And that was 19, oh God, 95, I think. And then I had that for... 16 17 years right. so and that was really successful that was a great club that i really enjoyed that lots club, of yeah. famous yeah. stories came out of that yeah yeah, yeah. lots of famous stories <laughs> that yeah. nightclub you know yeah. uh it's so funny how dublin has evolved when i first moved there when i was i had gone there when i before i had children or my my partner who was from dublin um i had gone there to visit and that in the food was you know i Tim's always was probably open at that stage but i didn't go there i was sort of in temple bar and the food was kind of you know, oh, yeah. and, and it was a very different place. I want to say it was 1999. And then I was, when I went oh, back yeah. in 2001, it just started mushrooming and evolving and going from a pub culture to a cafe culture. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all these different changes. And and so yeah, I, I think, day, I mean, a lot of that is two two things, I would think. A lot of it is education, travel. Mm -hmm. And then we have the, 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 the multicultural mix which you right. know, which bring bring lots of different cuisines and ideas to. So yeah, I mean, it's it's better for it. There's no doubt. Um, right. personally, one thing I don't particularly like is I liked when it was a smaller city, mm -hmm. like it's very big city now, okay. and it's a lot more impersonal than it used to be. You know, yeah. sure. I mean, I remember Temple, I could Bar. Walk down Temple and... Bar was like you know we knew the guys across the street and yeah exactly. You know, exactly. You know, everybody kind of knew everybody and, you know, it was like the businesses sort of looked out for each other and things like that. Now, unfortunately, Temple Bar has, well, I mean, it's been destroyed. Like it's, it's you know, Dublin people don't use Temple Bar. Right. Like it's 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 a tourist trap. Well, Dublin has become so big and, you know, it's pretty soon I'm going to actually have a lady here who I met who runs a soup kitchen, funny enough, here in Maine, because I'm like, you know, we talk about food and wine, but we should talk about food insecurities and things like that. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the cost of things has become so expensive that people don't go into town because town is expensive. So they stay in the suburbs yeah. where they live. And now what's happening is you have restaurants and bars and stuff like that that are emerging in the suburbs. Yeah, that well, but that's exactly what's happening here. Right. And so people. And we've had a bit of trouble in the city over the last year or so, and people are beginning to talk about a fear of going into the city right so they're staying put they're staying locally and and because of that then as you say you've right. got bars restaurants growing in the in the neighborhoods right which it's not a bad thing either i mean i you know that's that's yeah i i, I would love to own a restaurant in graystones right. and i mean graystones has a couple of restaurants but they could be better you know right so right i think there's room for good restaurants here and, and i could walk to work would be nice you know. What would you do if you did something new? Well, I had um Bellucci's in Balls Bridge. Did you ever make Bellucci's? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Oh, I you did. Yes. We you did. That's when we were talking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bellucci was great success as well. I mean, I had that for eleven years, and uh, that was great. And I kind of fell in love with Italian food. I fell in love with Italian wine, everything Italian. 
And I would do that again. I'd love to open, open an Italian restaurant in Greystones. Sure. And uh, I mean, this is a bizarre uh, um, piece of information. But during COVID, I decided I wanted to learn a new language. So I, I took a battalion. Okay. Oh, so, so my Italian's not too bad. Okay, so good. I'm learning as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. Well, yeah. one of the reasons I ended up in Puglia this year was my daughters bought me a trip to Puglia to study my Italian. Oh, and you know, there's yeah. a very famous food and wine school there in Bari as well. Okay. I have a friend who wants who's a, she owns a wine shop in Boston, but she wants to go to Bari and study at the school. But it's it's a culinary school, but they have a wine. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. which is very interesting. Bari is very up and coming. There's lots of parts of Puglia that are. Um, I've not been there yet. It's on my list. But... Yeah, Puglia seems to be a, a becoming a very mm-hmm. big tourist destination. Yeah, it sure but is. the history in it is incredible. It's I mean, there's really so much amazing. history. It's sure just amazing. Yeah. yeah, I was blown away everywhere we went. You know, it was it was gorgeous. Right, beautiful. and and just beautiful. When you go back, let me know too, because I have a. There's a guy who owns a winery who sent me the key to his winery and, you know, and he, he has accommodation. So a lot of them have accommodation, their agriturismos. And they oh, I will. Absolutely. On, on, no, I will. Yeah, I, sure. I'll, I'll take you up on that. Yeah, because I, 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 the best way to learn your language is immersion, you know, so I, I you know, I, I will be going back as much as I can. Yeah, well, that's good. And maybe maybe a Puglia style restaurant, you know, you never know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so talk, talk to me about Dublin and its safety and its changes um, and pre pre the, you know, the riot that happened. Very sad. Yeah, well, I mean, I've always been um, a, a great lover of Dublin. I mean, I, I, I never had a, um, any grow to, to to travel or to move on beyond right. Dublin. And I luckily was involved from a very early age in, in business in Dublin. Right. And and I mean, for want of a better way of putting it, I became a kind of a, let's say, a well-known person in Dublin. So mm-hmm. I could go into places and people would know me. I could walk down the streets and people would know me. So I was very attached to the city. Uh, and unfortunately, and I don't like to sort of, you know, put it down too much, but it's it's changed and I do worry about it, you know, and, yeah. you know, it's 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 probably become too big. We've got political issues where we don't have enough police on the street. Mm-hmm. That's creating problems with sort of the good people, if you like, moving out and the bad people moving in, to put right. it simply, it's becoming a more dangerous city, you know. Yeah. And that's that's a problem. That's a big sure. problem. Sure. And the more you know yourself, especially now with social media, even small issues get amplified. Yeah. So, you know, there was an American tourist attacked in, oh, in yeah. Dublin. Yeah. But I mean, not not to downplay that, but social media made that a huge issue, you know. Yeah. And and you know, if that was 20 years ago, it was a tourist, it was a tourist got attacked. Right. Now, now it was the whole of America were attacked by Ireland. Right. You know, what I mean? so, it's just so, who attacked the tourists. I think that this is the a couple of a couple of scumbags on the street. But I mean, right. you know, where foreign? it happened. Well, where right. it happened, I wouldn't walk down. Where was it? In Talbot Street. You know. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, it's it's a rough part of the city. Right. Right. So, right. Right. You know, so, but the, stories, that's, that's not really to funny. condone it. I mean, it yeah, shouldn't yeah, no, happen. When I first moved to Dublin, I was pregnant and I lived in Finglas. I mean, you're right. from Finglas, aren't you? I'm from Ballymun. You're yeah. from Ballymun, right? Yeah, where Gavin is. And so I, I'm from. Well, I he was, was from the posh part. Just yeah. want to make that clear, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was living in Finglas and, you know, I, I they, everybody else had to go to work. So I took the bus and I get off at the top of O'Connell Street 
And I'd have to walk down because there wasn't another bus that went to uh, Hollis Street. That's where Kalen was. Right. And I was blown out to here, pregnant. Yeah. I was like eight months pregnant, walking to Hollis Street all by myself. And I felt perfectly safe. Yeah. But when I worked for you, I was walking through Temple Bar one day and I just gotten my keys. Do you remember the keys for Tampa's always? They were like yeah. you know, janitor keys, you know? And it, they were in my handbag. And a couple of days before that, I was in St. Stephen's Green and somebody tugged at my handbag and I turned around and it was my friend, Peter uh, um, Peter O'Connor. He owns a bar in Lisbon now. But so what, I felt a tug at my handbag, but I it was raining and I was holding an umbrella and I thought it was Peter. And I turned around and it was a junkie because at that oh, stage, wow. there were junkies. They were mugging people in Temple Bar on Saturday morning when they yep, yep. Had their high went or off or whatever. And, you know, you don't know what you're going to do in those situations, right? I took the umbrella and I started beating him over the head. Good. <laughs> Once I caught him in the eye. And there was a cafe on the corner. Remember at the bottom of Crow Street across from Urban Out? But yes, yes, cafe yes. There. And people in the cafe were like running out. Like, holy shit, what's going on? And he ran away. So I fed well, him well, off. If when Martina was pregnant and she was running Tante Zoe's, yeah. she got attacked one night locking up. And I mean, that's 20 years yeah. ago. So, yeah, so, I mean, it was drugs. You know, then. Always there. then it was drugs. It was basically people and drugs. Um, you know, there were some homeless, there were some hobos, but, you know, they they would sit on the grates where the heat came up, you know. Yeah, think, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. unfortunately as well, I mean, things got worse after COVID because during COVID, I think we as a, as a community, as our, as a nation made a mistake. We left the empty streets to the bad guys and they kind of took over right. you know there was very little police on the street there was a lot of youngsters running around right. getting up to all sorts and we've never come back from that we right. still don't have enough police on the street sure. people are afraid to walk in the streets the, 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 the tow rags are still out there you know what i mean so it yeah. hasn't come back yet sure. so uh, and we're getting no, I, I'm not, I hate guns i really do and i live in america which is kind of ironic but I really, I dislike them very strongly. I don't, I don't feel like there's a need for a gun in any way, shape, or form. But the fact that the police don't have guns in Ireland doesn't do them any favors. Oh, no, and, it doesn't. Being a young guard, you know, some young lad from the country coming down and having to deal with what happens, you know, people who are armed and heavily armed in Dublin, I wouldn't blame them for not wanting to work that job. So it's Well, really you see, you, you mentioned the riots there. One of the problems we had with the riots is that uh, in the last year, there's been a huge amount of complaints about the cops. So the cops are now afraid to get involved. Right. So they stand back. Right. So they didn't even take out their, their, their batons on the day of the riot. Right. Right. And there were, there were kids throwing stuff at them, throwing bikes at them and all the rest. Right. So I think and also when you see, you know, kids taking pictures with their phones. Right. Cops are afraid to do anything wrong. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So, yeah. I mean, I just you think there's your hand a whole... and the next thing you know, you're you're the next... Yeah, no, I understand that completely. When, you know, when I lived in Finglas, I don't know if you know this, but right before I left, there was a riot um, like 50 feet away from my house and it was on St. Patrick's Day. So these kids uh, were bored. The parade was over. I was in the house with two small kids. Um, they got bored, started pulling people out of their cars and setting the cars on fire. So we were trapped in our houses and anytime anything happened in Finglas, I was in the South too. I wasn't like in the posh part. I wasn't in the East, I was in the South. Anytime something happened, they'd send the police helicopters, but the police would never come because, number one, they weren't armed and, you know, they would be outnumbered. And in this case, there turned out to be of 100 people and they had pulled over. I want to say it was seven cars and set them on fire. 
And I was in the house freaking out, calling Harcourt Street, calling the police, saying somebody needs to come down here, you know, because I'm sitting in the house with these two terrified little children. Wow. You know? And I wrote a letter to Adrian Kennedy. Do you remember Adrian Kennedy? The phone show. And I wrote yeah, yeah. Uh, an email to him. And I didn't think anything of it. I was just so desperate to have someone hear what was happening. And I guess he read it a couple of days later because my ex came up to me and said, hey, did you write a letter to Adrian Kennedy? I said, he did. And he goes, he actually read it on the show. Um, but, you know, in the aftermath of that, I sold my house. I said, you know what? I can't take this anymore. It was really yeah, my yeah. neighbors were locking the cars up. And all, all my neighbors were elderly, too. I was so yeah, lucky. Yeah, yeah. Was all old. And they, they said to me, get the kids in the house, lock the car up and lock your doors. That's but that's no way to live, is it? It's no, really no, God, geez, you definitely know? not. But I, I hope for the best. I really do, because I love Ireland. I call it my other home. Yeah, I, well, I, I love Ireland, Ireland but I think so. we're going the way of of just cities in general. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really hold out a lot of hope for center city. I don't like. I wouldn't buy a business there now, never. Right. So that's a sad, you know. But ho hopefully, I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, and and you know what? Things could change. You know, same things going on here. We never yeah. had homeless people here, and then COVID hit, and the homeless shelters got closed. And now we have a huge homeless population. We now have crime. We have two restaurants that got broken into over Christmas. We never had crime here in Portland, yeah. Maine. Yeah. Um, we have cops that don't want to be cops anymore ever since, you know, what happened with Black Lives exactly. Matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now we have a hard time hiring police or getting anybody to work as a police officer because it's, it's not a it, people. Don't, but at the same time, too, what people need to realize in defense of the police is that they are there for a reason and that they're there to protect people. And oh, so, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, the, the, well, the, I really have hang ups about social media over this. I think right. police can't do their work right. because of social media. Right. I mean, you know, the minute a cop gets involved in something, there are three or four people with their phone and the camera is out. Right. And I mean, you know, none of us could do our job if we were under scrutiny every two minutes of the day. We right. couldn't. It's so, true. I mean, I, I feel so sorry for those guys. And right. That's why nobody wants to go into it. And, right. and I don't know what, uh, what it's like in America, but here, if there's a complaint, they immediately get suspended for three months. Oh, with I, pay. Sure how it works. Yeah, but they're, they're suspended. So it means they right. can't work. Right. And also now it's been reported that if they're suspended at all, even if they're found innocent, it still affects their promotional uh, uh, right. issue. You know, so right. it goes they don't want to get involved. Like a black mark, right. Yeah, it's so, very sad. So, uh, yeah. Well, I, I'll say a prayer for Ireland because I love Ireland and I hope it works out because I, I really feel like there's really, really good people in the government who are trying to make things better. I'd say so, Novena for positivity for you. <laughs> Get all ready for me to come back. And so um, so I'm going to ask all my, my guests this. What do you love? Well, I love my family one for sure. Um, I love I love I love business. Mm -hmm. I, I still love business and I, I do miss hospitality. Uh, and in some form or other, I think I will come back. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, my business that I do at the moment is in hospitality in a different sense, but I'm still there. Um, and I have to say, since I since COVID and I started, uh, you know, studying my new language, mm -hmm. uh, I, I love everything Italian. And me too. I know. I love it. <laughs> We're going to have to meet in Puglia. Either Absolutely. That or yeah. One or the other. And Absolutely. so um, how do people find you on social media? Well, I am there somewhere, but it's hard to find me. I mean, on Facebook, it's just Robbie Fox. On yeah. Instagram, I, would you believe I have to look at it? To, but I think you will find me under me. Right. 
<laughs> Hold on a sec. So yeah. Facebook and Instagram are connected. So sometimes yeah, well, that, that's, um, yeah. if you're Facebook uh, friends with somebody, if you can, it's easier for you to find them, I think, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, that's it. As I said at the beginning, I'm not a, a, a social media guy. I don't really. I leave that to my daughters. I'm, that's it. For the kids. And then. So watch this space. And, and so what is your song today? Well, I, I was thinking about it when you said it at the beginning there. And I think I have to because. He used to come into Baluchi's and I, I got quite close to him um, before I left. And uh, I, it's kind of sad he's gone now is uh, Shane McGowan. So I've got to go with uh, Fairy Tale of New York. All right. Absolutely. Um, you know, he's just a legend, right? He's, 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 he's you know i was amazed he used to come in to me they lived around at the back of baluchi's mm -hmm. and he used to come in to me in the wheelchair and you would think that there wasn't a lot going on here but my god he was still as sharp as nails it was incredible right. very, and very i mean he, he, he related nights back to me that we had in the pink elephant like 30 years ago right and I'm going, wow, this guy is sharp. He's yeah. really sharp, you know. He's a very close so, relationship with, with Sinead, too. And I'd say that. Yeah, they were very close. Yeah. probably broke his heart. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, but his wife, Victoria, is an incredible person. Like she had a great relationship with him. Yeah. You know, I mean, they 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 laughed a lot. Yeah. And he made her laugh and she made him laugh. They were they were a really good couple. Oh, yeah. That's good. And God love her. Well, they pray for her as well. Here is your song. Thank you very much. Great You're welcome. You. I will see you and when I get back I'll, to Dublin. I'll see you in Dublin, if not in Italy. Right, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> ciao. 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 <laughs> it was Christmas Eve, babe In the drunk tank An old man said to me Won't see another one And then I said the rare old mountain dew I turned my face away And dreamed about